Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. One of the top questions I get when I'm traveling the world speaking is, hey, Mike, is there a place I could go online and learn all these skills that you use on stage when you're talking so I could be a better speaker, trainer, or maybe even pursue a passion of speaking professionally? And there is now. You can do all of that at theahacenter.com. That's T-H-E-A-H-A center.com. Yes, this is your host, Mike Domish, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. So excited. It is, this is being launched, if you might be hearing it on a different week, but this is being launched on Valentine's week. That's when this show is airing. So happy Valentine's to everybody listening. And because of that, we particularly brought on a really diversified, fun group of cast members for this week to discuss dating in adult life and what that means and the challenges that can be. And, and maybe we'll walk away with some, some tips and strategies for making that smoother and more comfortable for everybody. But first, I want you to know who is on the show today. So we've got four awesome cast members in addition to myself. One, Robert Bradford. I've known Robert for a while now, a fellow speaker, travels the world. He's a consultant that has built a multi-million dollar nationwide organization. He's the author of Simply Strategic Planning Manual, best-selling simplified strategic planning, a no-nonsense guide for busy people who want results fast as well as three other books. He's a master trainer. So I'm gonna, you're gonna learn more about Robert as we go here. Also, Dr. Jen, Dr. Jen, like Robert, has been on several episodes before, a sociologist, sexologist, always bringing a fun, unique perspective and discussing healthy relationships, sexual empowerment. It could be how to make things fun and mindful with sex and intimacy. She's done two, that's two TEDx talks. Also a writer on sex and relationships. Jeff Savilico, a headliner in Las Vegas, and I have seen Jeff perform. He is amazing. He is spectacular. He is a TV host personality. He is a philanthropist. And when I mean headliner people, I mean headliner. Sometimes people think, oh, does that mean he does this show at two o'clock in the small place where you walk in for free? No, we're talking. There's nothing wrong with that. He is a Las Vegas headliner with Caesars Entertainment for five years, having performed over a thousand shows at the Link, the Flamingo, and now the Paris Hotel and Casino. So when you're in Vegas, go see him because I'm going to tell you, it is amazing. The other great thing about Jeff, and this is hard to find in places like Las Vegas, and it's hard to find around the country, really family friendly. You can bring everybody out and have a great time. 
Our fourth guest there, and there's really not an order here, but is Kelly Davis. Kelly is the host of Untold Miracles podcast, supporting the Children's Miracle Network. And in that podcast, celebrities, thought leaders, influential kids answer the question, how do you define a miracle? So that is our cast. Let's, we're going to jump right into this. Thank you all for joining me here today. Let's get right into it. Dating as an adult. What are the challenges? How is it different? Is it, does it depend on whether you're 20, whether you're 40, whether you're 50? Jen, we'll start with you. What do you think are the most common challenges people see? I think we have some of the same challenges at 20 as at, you know, 40. And specifically based on the fact that we never are formally and intentionally taught how to date and how to be in relationship in a way that's empowering. We just kind of, you know, learn by trial and error by what we see around us. And I think that means because there's no intentional training around it, we don't learn clear communication. We don't know, you know, how to negotiate, how to even ask for our needs, let alone negotiate our needs, how to, how to, how to balance things, the, the neurochemicals of new relationships and, and why we make stupid mistakes. <laughs> um, and we, we kind of, it's like crazy making at times, but, you know, check in eight months later and it's, you're going to be in a totally different place. So I think some of the, the challenges are the same through and until, you know, maybe we start seeking out mindfulness or, or classes or training or read books or, or really get on a personal growth path that we, we fill in the gaps of information that we never learned and, and unlearn the misinformation that we did. So how do you, and this is for anyone on, on the show here today, what, what is the biggest challenge? Like, is the, the challenge just meeting someone or asking for the date? What do you think is the most common challenge to start off for most people? You know, I think the challenges change. And for people uh, for listening, my... that's Jeff. I, and I only say it the yeah. first time you get on because people hear your voice and that's they right. know hey, it. Everybody. That's Jeff, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, th- I think the challenges change, of course, as as you get older. I mean, my personal situation is, is pretty unique, I think, because I'm in Vegas, literally on the strip in Vegas. I've lived on the strip for six years in Vegas, and that is the most transitory environment you could ever have. And what's interesting is, you know, at, at 34, you know, I moved to Vegas right when all the geo-targeting apps were, were getting huge, so Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and everything else, right? So... When I'm when I jump on a, a, da- a dating app and I'm on the strip, I'm seeing everyone who's in town, you know, from New York for the weekend. This and that it makes someone makes it really hard to meet someone, you know, who, who's going to be around. So I had that challenge, and I also have the challenge of being an entertainer, and I think that's that's difficult as well when you're not looking for kind of a typical entertainer relationship, I'm looking for a little more, and that I think that can be kind of hard to to get outside of that bubble. So you know, at least personally, when I look at what I've my, my challenges from 20s to 30s as an entertainer, you know, it's in Vegas. It's been it's been difficult because you know, sure, when you when you come here, you're all about you know having a good time and and going out and partying and enjoying. But then you want to put down roots and you want to find someone of substance to build something with, and that's where the challenge gets to because Vegas, I think, ha- has a little little bubble effect. And you know, Peter Pan syndrome is a, is a common thing that gets tossed around here a lot with especially the guys is that you know there's all these pretty girls here who are in their 20s who are being hired all the time as cocktail waitresses and servers and bartenders and it's pretty easy for a, an established guy here to just kind of have fun and not think about those bigger picture challenges so 
that's that's something that that I know personally I, I deal with and I think more generally you know that applies to everyone because as you get older you're looking for more of the total package you're looking for uniting families you know you, you might not even think about someone's family and, and how that might uh, impact your relationship down down the road but when you get into your 30s I think you start thinking of of, of those bigger picture uh, things you know well Jeff I think you bring up something interesting that every one of you deals with and that is you all have a public persona of some kind, whether it be you're a podcast host or you're a sexologist that has, you know, that speaks out around the country or Robert, you travel the world sharing your programs and your trainings so people can find you. Is there a struggle with people looking past your online persona? You know, for you, Jeff, Absolutely. you're an entertainer, but and I'm wondering about for the other three too, though, do you find that too, that, well, I'm a speaker, so they expect this. I think it makes it both harder and easier. The easy part is they can find you. And uh, one of the things I find as a man is a lot of women that you meet online in particular are very nervous about meeting a guy for the first time. But if they can go around and see a lot about you, watch videos of you, they get a sense of who you are before you meet. And that's, that's really positive. The negative side of that is they can know everything about you. They can, they can basically stalk you. Uh, and and they they see the public persona, which for me is all about business and management, uh, and they don't necessarily see the part that is really me when I'm not working, and that's that's a little rough. Let's go there. Well, let, I think that's really powerful. And when you, and you say that that's rough, the part of me that doesn't come through when I'm working, what would be some examples of that part of an individual? Are you talking about that loving side or that side that hurts because of what's happening in the world or not happening in the world? Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. I mean, when I when I'm doing uh, business training, I don't bring the complete depth of all of my feelings all the time. I I will do that sometimes. I probably do that more than most business trainers. But you know, I'm not going to sit around and talk about my feelings on stage. I think that's abusing the audience a little bit. So they don't know that I like to play board games or that I do volunteer work in archaeology and paleontology sometimes, or just little things like that that are really important to me personally but have nothing to do with my career. I have a great real life example of that that's currently happening. I, I met a girl not too long ago at a luncheon in November and she was great. She was the kind of girl that I definitely wanted to pursue, you know, in a, in a, in a real relationship here. And it was very challenging because she even said to me now, we've, now we've been on a few dates, but it was, it took me a few months of, of, you know, being very persistent. Cause she immediately said, Oh yeah, I just thought you were a douchebag. Like you're an entertainer. <laughs> You know, on the strip, like you've got your own show, you could have like a ton of girls like you're, you know, she even said she was like, you know, you're a good looking guy. So I just knew immediately like, well, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to give I'm not going to give him what he wants kind of thing. Now we've actually been on a few dates and, and it's great. We don't connect with each other on social media, which I actually think is, is interesting and, and pretty relevant to this point. And, and it's her call. She said, I don't want to see like the Jeff, you know, the, the public persona, Jeff. Like, I want you to send me pictures of your life you know, that are, that are for me or, or something that's happening for you or something that's important. I want to hear about your day from you. Not, I don't want to check Instagram to see like how your, how your day is going. And I actually, I thought that was a little weird at first, but I actually, it's one of the things I love most about what's developing is that I, we're not connected on any form of social media, which it sounds like a minor thing, but it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, no, I can see the power of that. Uh, it's interesting because I think gender can play a role in that too. And how somebody views that. 
you know, one thing is, as the listeners are listening right now, so far, the examples have been heterosexual. And I think it's really important for anyone listening to know this can be true of anybody, of any gender, of any identity, the struggles. And they can be different based on gender and identity, can be different. But we need to acknowledge we want everybody to feel who's listening that, hey, how does this apply to me? How does this work? So in that regard, what are strategies that you've learned that help you with that? Like, for instance, Robert brought up, hey, I like this. I like paleontology or like donating here. Or, you know, Jeff, I have that public persona. So they think they know me. They've been able to stalk me online. Is there a place where you say, hey, what, you know, how did you learn about me? And they say, well, I've seen you online. And you go, all right, well, let's imagine that you never saw me online. What questions would you ask tonight? What would be the first thing you want to ask me? Is that helpful? Like to have an approach of, I have a strategy to overcome this, this, because a lot of people listening don't have a public persona, but I bet that strategy could work for everyone. In other words, you know, what's the typical, what's your job? You know, what could I ask instead to get to know somebody on a deeper level? I always like the question, uh, what are you passionate about? Ooh, yeah. So then you could find out, you know, what what lights that person up? What do they spend their time doing in their free time? You know, what do they choose to do? And you, you get a lot of sense of somebody's values, their desires. And it's just, and it's neat. It's neat to see somebody talk about what they're passionate about. I love that. What's your passion? Do the other three of you have other examples of a question you love to ask early on just to set a tone of we're not just the same old conversation? I like to ask questions that get away from the sort of standard presentation that people do when they date. So I like to ask a question like, what do you what do you wish people knew about you that most people don't know, for example? Or what what's something you struggle with that actually other people would think, oh, that's easy? Uh, that's awesome. Those Love are it. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Kelly, do you have one? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I've been dating since I was 16. I'm 44 now. So I've had a lot of experience, especially with online dating and and men approaching me with different different lines. And some of them are really serious, some are funny, and I like the more playful, where we can kind of just engage in a not really serious manner, but rather than how are you today, what's great about your day today? So you're really not asking like a dumb question, but just something where you kind of want to know more about them by finding out what's great about their day today. Even in conversation as well, not how are you today, what's great today? Well, I think you bring up, you know, I love that you said 16 to 44 without a lot of online dating. And so I know when we, let's go there because online dating is is huge. It brings a lot of people together. How do you feel safe with that? How does the person listening going, man, online just, I, I don't go to it because I fear this or I fear that. How do you address that to those who are listening? I have so much to say because I love <laughs> online dating. Hey. Actually, me and Jeff matched on, uh, was it, I can't remember That's which. That's right. Time, but we matched. <laughs> So oh my gosh, are you got, that is awesome. You know, but how great is it that I could connect with this great person who lives in Las Vegas who happened to just be in my city, in Salt Lake City. So I think it's an unbelievable way to meet people you would never otherwise have the opportunity to meet. And I've actually convinced people to do online dating and they've got married because I convinced them to do it. But I don't, I never feel unsafe. It's, I meet in a public place. I, I don't ever give them my address. But I've met some of the most quality men through online dating, and I recommend it to everyone because especially if you really are serious about wanting a relationship, it gives you access to a lot more numbers, and it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. I love My turn to jump in with all the crazies I've met here in Vegas online. <laughs> Maybe in Salt Lake. 
No, that is funny, by Kelly. That is, uh, we we I did screenshot that we matched, and you know, obviously we we already knew each other. So I texted that was like, you know, hey, good looking, like, you know, <laughs> what are you doing tonight? And it was it was it was funny. Kelly, I agree with you. Both my brothers met their their wives on Match, and that was before Match. Well, like when it was just Match, you know, before any other you know dating site. And you know, they're both super happy. You know, married both with you know one four kids, one with three kids, and everything else. And they've actually encouraged me to do online dating at the time, at least. There was a little bit of a stigma, I think, associated with it. I think that's pretty much gone now, hopefully. I can remember even when I started, when I had my show, you know, I would have people who are box office workers, like screenshot my account. And they, they thought that they were going to like throw me off by being like, well, I saw you online, like dating, like, whoa, like Mr. Headliner, I guess like, you know, it's not so easy. It's like, well, I'm just trying to meet somebody too. It was a weird kind of dynamic of like, yeah, why wouldn't I also just kind of like throw a line out to the online world? Yes, I do meet a lot of people physically in person, but, you know, that's not that's not going so well, obviously. So why don't I throw, you know, a little presence online? But in the beginning, it was weird. You know, it was like, oh, like even Jeff, like the, the entertainer, the stage guy, like he has to go online. Like what's what's the problem? You know, which I think is is pretty telling cultural you know thing that hopefully is has dissipated by now. Well, and I think that was it, Jeff. Early on, people were like, "What? You can't meet someone." And now people realize, no, it's another source. It's another source. That's all it is to it. And so that has transformed. I think in the last ten years dramatically. I remember friends who who I have a similar story. A friend of mine met someone online. They end up getting married. I know several people actually now. Uh, that have met online. So it can be a wonderful resource. Let's say you're now on the date. We talked about earlier questions you can ask that aren't the normal question. What about addressing expectations so you get the hidden questions out of the way? What do you think are common expectations or concern of expectations people have on first dates? Without question, the, the biggest concern people have is is what are your expectations about physical intimacy? And I, I like to nip that in the bud. And actually, Mike, I learned a lot from you about this because you talk about consent in your work. And so it's really great to say up front, listen, consent is really important to you. If I want to do anything, I'm not going to just make the bold move. I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, may I kiss you, for example, which is a title of one of your books. <laughs> and women find that very endearing. So it's, it, it worked for me. Well, I'm, that's awesome. I am thrilled <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. So, and when we're with adult audiences, and when I say adult audience, it can always vary in age, but let's say I'm with a military audience and the average person in that room is 40. And we do have people who are dating. And what we'll do is we'll teach them to say early on a date, something along these lines. Look, do you agree? These first dates can get awkward. Now, almost always the other person's going to say, absolutely. I'm just going to pause this for one second because I want to let everyone listening know about one of our amazing sponsors. This week's episode is sponsored by the book, Can I Kiss You? and the Instructor's Guide of Can I Kiss You? For many listeners know, this is the book that I wrote last year came out. We were thrilled because it went number one on Amazon for teen and young adult dating. And it is filled, just packed with how-to skill sets for anyone to read of any age. We used to have a certain age group and people said, will you stop doing that? I have a middle schooler that I want to read this book or I'm 45 single. I need to read this book. And we've had people who are married going, it's helped change my relationship. And that's why we're, we're excited. This is this week's sponsor, the Can I Kiss You book. And if you're a teacher, the instructor's guide. You can find both at datesafeproject.org. That's datesafeproject.org. Or you can call Rita in our offices at 800-329-9390. That's this week's sponsor. 
So how about this? How about if you're feeling a connection later on and you, let's say you'd say you'd love to give me a kiss or I'd love to give you a kiss. Just ask. Let's get rid of the awkwardness. Let's get rid of the guessing and just really respect each other's boundaries, what they want, what they don't want. And just ask, I would love that. Would you be cool with that? See, you do that. You do that right off the bat. I feel like that would be super weird. Well, I didn't say right off the bat. It's not, hey, welcome to the restaurant. Let's talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First date though. Like. For, I Absolutely, think, um, first date, Robert. You would agree, right? Wow. First date. You did. Robert's date. example was a first date. First date. I yeah. just have a blanket rule, like I wouldn't do anything or try anything for a while until I like knew. All right, she Jeff, was in- that's awesome. So there's a great example. Would you tell them that? No, I would just feel the vibe. Like I would never. I would never. Just because I want to. I want to be a gentleman. I would never try to or expect anything on the first day even like a no no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying the opposite of that you just said i do not plan on doing anything on a first date with physical intimacy do you tell them that on the first date no all right so here's why that can be very empowering for both of you it it lets them hear you say that see if you don't say it out loud they're wondering why you're not potentially right yeah, because we could be wondering, well, are they attracted to me? Like, do, do they like me? You know? No, but I'd rather harness that energy like that. That I'd rather have them not really know. And then they're more intrigued. Like, oh, that, that I love this. Because Jeff man. is into the game. Balance. Jeff is sharing examples oh. of the game. <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's literally, I guess, but it, I'm not like trying to run game here. I'm just like. No, no, I, I don't I mean want- that in a negative way. I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I, I would love for her to be like, that guy was awesome. Like, I, I hope he's into me. Like, I think he is. Like, we, we talked for, you know, four hours. We were laughing. Yeah, well, which, you know, like, which do you want, though? Do you want, do you want her saying, I hope she's into me? Or do you want her saying, wow, that feels awesome that he is into me? Yeah, I mean, and I think this points to the type of consent conversations, like, that you teach, Mike, and that I teach is so out of our social norms you know, it adds its own version of awkwardness and discomfort. And absolutely, though, like once it's normalized for you and you've tried it a couple times, you absolutely can do that on first dates. And it's so, I think, so refreshing that you're just shining a bright light on, hey, we may be thinking this, you may be wondering this, here's what's going on for me, that we, it doesn't have to stay in that mysterious realm where we're not you know, communicating about things. And I could share a personal example. It's funny, this is kind of to tie to an earlier conversation you were asking about what our public persona does and how people perceive it. And, you know, I'm I'm an expert in sex and that means all sorts of things to men when I'm dating, uh, (laughs) positive and negative. And, um, but they come with their whole load of kind of assumptions. But I realized that I really like when they've looked me up ahead of time. And they like, but they see like my version of sex and education and what I do and my sexual consent talk and that they, they get a vibe of like the holistic approach and the very responsible approach. And then I'm all about, you know, communication and vulnerability and authenticity. Recently, I was, I was back East for the holidays and actually went on a date with somebody there who didn't really know all of that stuff about me. And I realized I get to take for granted at this point that I think I get a little more respect from men, or it's also intimidation, I think. Um, And this guy, though, just started, like, plowing through, like, into a kiss and started kind of pushing me down on the sofa and, like, touching me. And I was just, like, stunned. And, And I ended up approaching it being like, whoa, I'm like, this is so interesting. I'm like, I live in a world where people always ask before they do anything. 
And I'm like, and it's never assumed. And he just stopped and was stunned. And then we had a whole detailed conversation about it. But I didn't realize how far in the other direction I've gone in terms of social norms, that that's totally my new norm, that those awkward conversations aren't, aren't awkward anymore. I would way, way rather have them than have this, this mystery and this uncertainty and this reading of each other and trying to figure it out, which is based on so many social psychological flaws that we know based on, that the research shows. Well, and that's why, Jeff, I want to back up and I want to apologize because I didn't mean to say you were playing a game or you were gaming. I used the <laughs> word game uh, because what you describe, Jeff, is what we are all taught to do, to lead a little mystery, that that draws the attraction in. And in it is a game we're taught. That doesn't mean we're trying to game, but it's a game we're yeah. taught. And the danger of it, and then I love what you said, Jen, there is because the danger is assuming that what we've been taught is accurate. And what we forget is that what we were taught was designed for men. That in our society, no matter what gender, sexual orientation you are, the system has been taught for men. And so this is men's way of having power. And not your way, it's our society's way of teaching that. What we find is that when people do what Brad, what Robert just shared, what Jen just shared, the partners love it. So uh, it doesn't need to be a, hey, you know, it's a first date. I don't want this to be awkward. It can be simple as this. Hey, you know, it's a first date. And I'm someone that really loves to get to know someone over several dates. So please know that I'm not one that later on in the date is going to initiate sexual intimacy because I want to get to know you for a while before I do that. And I don't ever want you to misconstrue that as me not being interested in you. I, I want to be very upfront with you, very mature with you, and I want this to be wonderful from the start. Okay, so just, just back it up for a little bit. So I am all about open, honest, direct communication on, on all levels, for sure. I think the only thing that I personally disagree with a little bit is the timing of it. So, you know, we, we're talking about the first date here, but then when I said, you know, obviously as a joke, I said, like, well, I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to sit down right off the bat and say, like, hey, you know, it's nice to meet you, just FYI. Like, I believe in you know, and, and go from there. And, and everybody laugh like, well, no, that's crazy. But you are saying to do this on the first date. So it's not that crazy. We're talking like a, like a two hour swing maybe here. I just think that that's not really, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really see the point of that because there was no, in my head, there was no issue, you know, until, until I brought, I brought it up. Like I would just be kind of focusing on the energy of like, if we're, if, is this person curious about life? You know, you asked, you know, before about, you know, what kind of questions we ask. I don't have any questions or anything, but I, I want to get a sense of this person's energy because that for me is, is what it's all about. And is this person curious about life? That's very, that's very important. I don't care what you do, how educated right. you are, et cetera. But if I can tell that they have that natural curiosity for, for life, that hunger, that's what's going to kind of uh, be our, our bond, I think. So, well, no, and that's what I know. love, Jeff. I, that's what I love. And, and I think what's interesting about this conversation and so powerful in this is you said, hey, why go there? We don't need to go there. I know where I'm coming from. And what we find with people who are dating that over and over again, they say is, but the other one doesn't. So no matter how good we think we have of a connection or we can feel their vibe, none of us are great at feeling someone's vibe 95% of the time. I don't care if you're married 40 years. I don't care if you're single. If, if, we were that, if we were that great at it, we wouldn't need to talk. So we, we get a vibe. I'm agreeing with you. We get a vibe but we don't know what the other person doesn't know, right? So if they're sitting yeah, there but going- if you're at a coffee shop, like, you know, if you're at a coffee shop, like, 
until you would say, hey, do you want to come back to my place? Like I can cook you like a, you know, a nice salmon for lunch because we're talking about, then all of a sudden, then it's like, oh, I'm entering into a new phase here. But like if you're on a hike or you're, you know, yeah. grabbing coffee or something with someone, I don't think that this, that person would be thinking like, oh, oh my gosh, like, is this, is this going to become like a sexual encounter? You know, I agree. Like no, I agree. There's I agree. certainly yeah. atmosphere that plays a huge role. I agree with that. Yes. Well, and I think, Mike, it's being intentional is really what you're talking about in our dating. Because when we're younger, we're not as intentional. When you're older, you want to be intentional and you want to know that the person that you're with, they connect with you and they connect with your values. And typically, so many of us, when we were younger, were dating people that weren't in alignment with our values. And the older I get, I want them to understand what my values are. And a lot of times men aren't comfortable with my boundaries because they're not the same as the world's boundaries. And men don't like that, but I stick to my boundaries. And I, so I'm pretty upfront in a first date about all of that because I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time. I want to be intentional. Yeah. I love that phrase, yeah. intentional, Kelly. Totally agree with that. That's really yeah. powerful. And what I find is so far in this conversation we've had, every, the words that have been expressed, I'm not saying you all feel this way, the words that have been expressed have been focused sort of on finding a healthy long-term relationship. But there are some people listening right now that are dating and thinking, that's the last thing I'm looking for right now. I am, I am 55 and I want to have a good time. And I'm not looking for a long-term relationship. And that intentionality, Kelly, is everything. Even much so. I mean, it should be, it's everything, no matter what you're looking for. But revealing that saves a lot of time. Uh, it's amazing to me when I travel, when I get to work overseas with the military and I meet people who are 45 and they got divorced three years ago. And they are transformed of what dating looks like at 45 compared to what it looked like at 20. Because they're like, Mike, this person's on a date with me saying, look, I don't want to mislead you. I'm not looking for a long-term relationship, but I'd love some fun tonight. And you're hot and I'm totally into you. <laughs> Are you up for this? If you're not, no harm, no offense. We can call it a night. If you are, I'm I'm open to this. I love this. And they're like, it rocks. When I'm in the mood for that, it works. When I'm not, I can say no and no one's feelings are hurt. We don't play any of the, the typical games. So I think that intentionality, whether you are seeking sexual intimacy or whether you're not, can be really important. I agree. And I work sometimes in my, in my uh, coaching counseling practice with folks that are polyamorous. And or that they're thinking that they kind of want to be polyamorous, but they're still dating in more traditional ways. And I work with them like, you know, how do you have those conversations up front? Like, hey, this is this is what I'm looking for. And just and you could do it. You could be very vulnerable and authentic, but still very kind and compassionate and being like, I get if this isn't the right fit for you or if you just want more time to get to know each other. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of looking for an open dating relationship. And if that's not a good fit for you, then I get it. Yeah. And Jeff, I loved what you brought up. You brought up if I'm on a picnic, if I'm at a coffee, a cafe, what I love about that is I made the mistake of picturing the dinner at night or yeah. the, the, the place. Ooh, no. it, right. And that's I made the worst date ever. That date is set up for both parties to fail. In my opinion. <laughs> I never but, see, yeah, but that's most of my date. So I, I pictured the same thing also. Yeah. yeah. So everybody's different there. And I, that's what I love is that for you, Jeff, you're like, that's set up for failure. But Jenna's going, no, that's, I love that. That's success for me. I enjoy that. And I think what's important is for us to even understand what it means when we say a first date. 
Because Jeff, it, yeah. for you, that was a coffee house. And yeah, that's going to be a little weird to bring up physical intimacy. If it was, you literally have set it up just as a conversation and, and you've set the setting for that. This might be weird. I might, I might come under fire for this, but here goes. <laughs> um, so I hate the traditional date and I never do that. The first, uh, you know, in the beginning. And maybe it's just because I've done, you know, I've been on a lot of dates, but I do something I'm going to do anyway. And I ask if, you know, in this case, she wants to join me. And that way, if she doesn't, I'm still having a good time. I'm still doing whatever I was going to do. And if she does, great. And it's more casual. It's more fun. And those kind of social constructs of like, do I hold the pull the chair? Is she going to be like, oh, he's a gentleman. Pull the chair. Or, or is she going to, you know, is she going to be like, I can get my own chair. Thank you. And it's weird you know, or, or like paying the bill and, you know, all sorts of like, do I get, you know, the, the house Cabernet, like, or, you know, or do I get like the middle expensive bottle of wine, all that like crap, in my opinion, is just, just kind of clouds things. So I will, I will do something I'm going to do anyway. I'm not saying like, I'm going to clean the garage. You want to come over and help me out, <laughs> you know, but something, something that allows for much more social interaction, fun and a loose schedule. So I'll say, you know, like, Hey, I'm going on a cruise. I'm going to hit the mall, you know, uh, tomorrow, like, you know, if you want, you want to come with and like maybe grab a bite, something, something like that. Then if it's going well, then maybe we end up, you know, staying, having, having a bite or, you know, catching a, a movie at the, at the, the mall there or, or something like that, or a concert that I was going to go to anyway, you know, to support like maybe a, a local theater concert or regional thing that I have some connection to. And I'll say that I'm, I'm going to go. And if she doesn't come with me, like I'll still go. You know, and so I think I, I've actually had this situation happen before with social media where I will invite a girl to come with me to do something. She will say no. I will still go and it will be clear that I still went and that would drive her bonkers in a good way. Be like, oh, I, I literally <laughs> were just like living your life and asked if I wanted to like join you. And maybe they could tell that I was by myself. Maybe they couldn't. That would also be something that would make them kind of, you know, more intrigued maybe but again i'm not doing it on purpose i'm literally just like hey this is what i'm doing if you want to come with and i think you know i'm not doing that to like i don't know to show like my power or like male dominance or something i'm literally doing it because you know dating as you know kelly would agree right can be exhausting and you know you're scheduling all of these things and you're setting up these these all these traditional dates this is an alternative and if a girl if i can have a great time with a girl like goof around in a mall or you know, at some event based thing, it's not the traditional date, then that to me gives me like a much greater kind of read and, and vibe of if we're going to have fun doing the mundane tasks of life. And so that's uh, Jeff, thanks for sharing that approach because everybody's got a very different approach. And what I love is some people are going to hear one of our approaches and go, I would hate that. That would make me feel this way or that way. And others going to go, man, I would love that. Uh, so it's going to be different for every person, how they view this. And so I have, I'm curious what Kelly, Jen, Robert, what are approaches you take to dating that you have found to be helpful? Because we're going to wrap up on this note. What's something that you have found is a skill set or an approach that helps you with dating? Well, for me, I don't really have any fear. If there's something I want or someone I want to go date, I go after it. I don't wait for a guy to call me or text me. Like I reached out to him and I just, I don't like the stigma that the man has to do all the work. I think it's great that we both can equally participate. So that's one thing that's really helped me have some really amazing experiences. Awesome. Robert? I'd say just showing up as you are is the most important part because especially first dates, they're, they're a sorting process. And 
I, I really hope I'm never going to have another one again. But I know that the most important thing is to get past that to the point where you say like, hey, there are things about you that I really like and it's worth exploring further. So I tend to maybe a little too soon share what I call the, uh, and this goes back to uh, watching the movie American Psycho. I, I, like to, I like to show the severed heads that are in my refrigerator a lot earlier than some people. Because <laughs> if they're not... If they're not Right. If she's not going to be into that, I, I wanted to know early on so I didn't have to waste any time. On it. What a visual. All right. And Jen? Um, well, I just I mean, something I'll say kind of taking a different angle, something that I enjoy the most is somebody that's really good um, that has like a, you know, a curiosity about life and a curiosity about me and really shows interest in you know, asking questions about me and following up. And I mean, and vice versa, that's kind of my job of what I do with people. Um, but somebody who's able to do that with me and not, you know, just talk about themselves all the time. Cause I will ask a lot of questions. I'm very curious about people and getting to know them and, and how people live their lives and what makes them tick. Um, but somebody that's able to do the same for me and takes the time to pause and be like, Oh, I've been talking a lot. Let me let me ask some questions about you. Let me learn about this. Tell me more about this. Oh, what's that like for you? And that's very personally meaningful to me, especially on a first date. Well, I want to thank all four of you. This has been inc- it, we went way over what we normally go for our listener. They're aware of that. But it's been a great conversation. I think this would be interesting to do a follow-up to do with the four of you again, because we've only talked about getting into the first date. We have not <laughs> talked about <laughs> what what happens after the first three dates, a yeah. uh, month Sorry, in. You got me going. That, no, no, that's okay. That's that's what the show's all about. And so I, if, if you're all interested, we'll have, we'll have our producers talk with you. I think that could be really fun for the listeners to hear the continuation of this. So I want to thank each of you for an awesome conversation. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Loved it. Absolutely. For everyone listening, remember to make today and every day a bit of mindfulness. Find that for you and those you love. Make it an awesome week. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.